This morning, we are jumping back in the story. Jumping back from Matthew 20s, going back to Matthew 5. Moving from the middle of Holy Week back to the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Our scripture reading was the first 12 verses of the Sermon on the Mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus communicates his identity and his pur- the purpose of his ministry to his disciples. Jesus' identity is the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, fully divine, yet fully human, the Savior of all creation. And his mission cannot be separated from his identity to deliver all of creation from captivity to sin from captivity to sin and death to reconcile us to one another and to God and to reveal the fullness of the kingdom of heaven and so Jesus begins by saying blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are those who mourn blessed are the meek blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness Blessed are the merciful and the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter utter all kinds of evils against you. From the side of a mountain, Jesus is casting an eschatological vision. I only get to say that word a few times a year. Eschatological. It means that he is casting a vision for what the world will look like when the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is revealed across every corner of creation. Every corner. The, The bright spots of our lives, but also in the dark corners of creation that we have a hard time seeing. This is a vision based upon the blessings of God, independent from how the world deals out blessings. There are no if-thens attached to the beginning of Jesus' sermon. Jesus does not say, if you are poor in spirit, then you will be blessed. He doesn't say, if you mourn, then you will be blessed. And he never says, if you are a peacemaker, you will be blessed. We are blessed in the kingdom of heaven because of who God is. Blessed not because we have our act together. Blessed not because we have said the correct prayers before we went to bed. And not blessed because we have checked all of the boxes someone else told us we needed to have checked on our Bible punch card. All Saints Day was this past week. And All Saints Sunday today is a time for us to celebrate in the church and remember in the saints of the church who have gone before us. This is a feast day that began during the earliest persecutions of the church to remember those who had been killed. And it continues today, All Saints Day, so that we can remember those dearly departed from this life who have been and who continue to be a means of God's grace in our lives. The saints of the church have formed the church into who we are today. They've led Sunday school conversations in church parlors, in church basements, and in living rooms. The saints of the church taught us about God's love by first teaching us to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. 
And the saints of the church have coached pastors throughout the generations to slow down during the great thanksgiving and Lord's Prayer so that the words of grace can wash over the congregation. The saints are those who now rest in Christ, awaiting the resurrection and the fulfillment of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus' Beatitudes remind us what the fulfillment will look like. Comfort, mercy, and the presence of God Almighty. And most importantly, blessing. Jesus' list of blessings is first and foremost about God and secondarily about us. Because by the ways of the world, the Beatitudes sound, frankly, foolish. Why on earth would anybody want to suffer to receive a blessing? Poor in spirit? No thanks. I'm going to pass on that one. Mourning? No, I've done that before, and I frankly don't want to do it again. Hunger and thirst? Well, I'll see you all in the fellowship hall after the service for some cake and coffee. The world tells us that the poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the persecuted, and the peacemakers, the world tells us that those people are not blessed. Because each one is battling one or many things that disqualify them from a blessing. We do not think behaving as Jesus did or would have us behave is sensible. We question if God really is the way Jesus describes God. The lives and the faith of the saints of the church were not perfect. Yesterday, I officiated a wedding. It was out in Leesburg. It was beautiful. And in the lead-up to the wedding, I helped this couple prepare for the worship service. I explained to them that while we were wearing our fancy clothes and there were beautiful flowers and string quartets around us, first and foremost, what we were doing was worshiping. And so I successfully persuaded them, Nathaniel and Elizabeth, to not choose 1 Corinthians 13 for their service. You know that passage, right? St. Paul saying that love is patient, kind, not boastful or envious. I told them that if they expected the love in their marriage to be patient, kind, and all the other things St. Paul lists, that they were setting themselves up for disappointment or even failure. And because I have a perfect record when it comes to weddings and marriages, failure is not an option. I told Elizabeth and Nathaniel that I thought 1 Corinthians 13 was more appropriate for funerals or days like today because the love that St. Paul describes in, to the church in Corinth is God's love revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Just as the love Paul describes to the saints in Corinth is first and foremost about the love that God holds for you. The Beatitudes describe how God is forming you us, the church, today, how God formed the saints of the past and how God will form the saints that are yet to come. In the beginning of his sermon, Jesus tells his disciples of yesterday, today, and tomorrow to hear him and to walk in the way of God's will for their lives. Jesus is the personification of the Beatitudes. He is the rich who became poor, he is the one who mourned over our sin and rejection of him. 
He is the one who truly thirsts and hungers for righteousness so that we, all of us, will be reconciled to God. He is the only person who is merciful to his enemies. He is the peacemaker willing to lay down his life for the sake of all of creation. Jesus in his sermon is not offering us moralistic if-then propositions. No, Jesus does the Beatitudes on our behalf to the point of his death. And through your baptism, and through your willingness to follow Christ, through the saints' baptism, and through their willingness to follow Christ, the Beatitudes become ours. The Beatitudes are theirs. And they become a description for how the great cloud of saints lives. A description of the great cloud, so that no matter the ordeal, no matter the time or the place, you and the saints are all blessed. Amen.